Today on Locked On Mariners, following a contract dispute, I'm killed off in a car accident, and Sandy Duncan moves into my house to take care of my family. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. And I'm wondering how many people out there are going, who's Sandy Duncan? Thank you very much, Joey Martin, for introducing today's show. I am indeed D.C. Lundberg, and this is indeed Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, brought to you by The Locker Room. Please remember to download, rate, and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked on Mariners podcast or any program here on the Locked on Podcast Network or T-L-O-P-N or Tloppin. We do have John Miller with us today, but before uh, we bring him in, there's a little housekeeping. Uh, several roster moves over the last couple days, which have not bet- not yet been announced on this show. There's another injured pitcher, some minor league comings and goings. First of all, Brandon Brennan, who had been designated for assignment a few days ago, has been claimed off waivers by the Boston Red Sox. That occurred on May 3rd, so we're a couple days behind. Now to May 4th, the Mariners signed right-handed pitcher Ryan Dull to a minor league contract. The Mariners also recalled left-handed pitcher Aaron Fletcher from the Rainiers. He pitched in the uh, no-hitter. Evan White was activated and sent out to the Tacoma Rainiers were Wyatt Mills and Domingo Tapia. That was May 4th. Then on May 5th, Keenan Middleton was placed on the 10-day injured list. He has a biceps strain. He only pitched four innings in Tuesday's games before having to be removed. And to take his place on the roster, Wyatt Mills was recalled after spending one day being sent out. Minor league, or not in the minor league season, but the Tacoma Rainiers season starts tonight. And here, I don't know what we're going to talk about, but uh, here with us is Locked On Mariners contributor John Miller. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well, thank you. Excellent. Let's talk some minor leagues. I know that you pretty much grew up at Cheney Stadium. I went to the home opener of the Spokane Indians on Tuesday night with uh, with my best friend Shannon. We both had a great time, even though the uh, not the Rainiers, but even though the Indians very nearly got slaughtered. I think it was a nine to five final, and they scored all five of their runs after the sixth inning after going down seven nothing early. Despite that, minor league games still are fun. The Rainier season starts tonight. I don't remember if it's home or away. And in a couple of weeks' time, Shannon and I are going to be headed back to Avista Stadium to see the Aqua Sox play the Spokane Indians, and I'm excited about that. And I'm wondering if you wanted to share, John, some of the uh, memories you had from Cheney Stadium growing up. Well, of the, the many times that I was there... And it was from as young as I can remember watching the Tacoma Tigers. Ah, yes. Who some of you might remember was the Oakland Athletics AAA affiliate back in the day. Funny story, I a pastor of mine actually made a, a comment about a year ago, something about the Tacoma Tigers, and I had to kind of tongue-in-cheek mention to him that the Tigers had not been in existence since 1994. <laughs> nice. 
you guys may have caught on he's not a baseball fan. <laughs> but just throw that out there. And it, it is such fun to go out to the ballpark. They put on a different experience than the major leagues. They really do. And, like, having been to Vista Stadium a number of times, guys, the parking is free. Mm-hmm. So if you all have some time... Go out there. You're not paying a bundle like you do at the big league ballparks. No, you're not. Unlike at T-Mobile Park, the world's largest cell phone store, (laughs) where if you check their website, they encourage you to bring in food because they know food prices are outrageous. You are not allowed to, for instance, at a Vista Stadium. Food prices are actually very reasonable. They are, and it is a minor league policy, not just at Avista. It's a minor league policy that you're not allowed to bring in outside food. So I'll, I'll, any minor league ballpark across the country, it's going to be the same thing. Thank you for clarifying. Oh, no problem. No problem. They don't have the big scoreboards. They don't have the hat tricks or the chasing the, the what is it, the beat the freeze or the president race or whatever, <laughs> some of these... No sausage races. Yes, thank you. It is just so much fun to watch that at my time at Shaney Stadium. And once a year, I try to go back up there. It's more difficult as you get older, but guys, take your kids. Absolutely. It it is a great time for them. They have the mascot or mascots roaming around. They're very friendly with the kids. Get a ball autograph. Just... Get, get a baseball card sign, what have you. I think I still have a rhubarb, the reindeer signed baseball card somewhere. <laughs> I they at one point they would do a a rock concert prior to the game, so I'd show up a few hours early, and they they would whatever band or something at Shaney Stadium put on a show. Some of this changed when. I think around the 2010s when Nick Lachey was part of the ownership Ooh. of the Rainiers and they, they kind of did tightened up on some stuff. But yeah, they would do that and it was just show up, free concert, or they had amateur wrestling. They had a ring set up there. And so, you, okay, you're watching that and for what it is and just all sorts of stuff to try to make it fun. At one point at a Rainier's game, my father and I actually had our, our seats called and we got to go sit in the recliners oh, wow. over down wow. the third baseline and we got free Domino's pizza and soda and stuff. <laughs> nice. And they don't have that at the big league level, but, and, and I guess the fun of that is that it, it wasn't like a suite at a big league ballpark where you don't see anyone. It's people were walking by or they joking with you about it or how you got so lucky or <laughs> it, it's still that personable thing where you're all fans and you're watching the team. And like when the Indians lost and you were at the game, you're still having fun about it. it it's because, and some of them at the Indians level, these guys are kids. Yeah, and I'm actually glad that you brought that up um, because as people were leaving the ballpark, everybody was commenting just how good it was to be back because remember, guys, there was no minor league season at all. There There was no Spokane Indians baseball to follow last year. The last time they played a game was 2019, 
And the ushers, the people, you know, kind of guiding people around the stadium, everybody working there was so friendly. They were happy to be back. And as we were exiting, one of the uh, seat attendants said, isn't it great to be back? And I, and I said, yeah, we, we, we lost, but we still had a wonderful time. And just that feeling just was all over the ballpark for the entire game. And you also mentioned, you know, how the fans can be friendly, even though, you know, we were kind of separated because of, you know, regulations and whatnot. We weren't that separated. We were sitting in the bleachers, and uh, Shannon and I brought in our portable seats to kind of attach to the bleachers so we can lean back because I've got back problems and the bleachers are not very comfortable. And they were also the only portion of the ballpark in which you could buy two-person pods. So we didn't have a choice. Otherwise, we, you know, we would have gotten better seats. But, you know, we got there, we set them up, and they, they were allowed in the stadium. We had no trouble bringing them in. And uh, the gentleman behind us uh, asked... You know, asked us where uh, we got him, and uh, Shannon said, I, "I got him from here." She pulled up her phone, showed the, gentle, the gentleman the uh, website, and I think next time he goes to a game, I would be very surprised if he did not have those particular seats. So it's, you know, it is a very friendly experience. And one other thing I noticed about the baseball in particular, John, this year in Spokane, they're up a level now. They used to be short season single A, they are now uh, advanced A ball. And the level of baseball is noticeably different. Early on in the season, there were not nearly the fielding mistakes or the base running mistakes that we're used to as Spokane Indians baseball early in the season because these guys generally have a year of professional experience under their belt, and that can go a very long way, can't it? It certainly can. Yeah, it, it is, and uh, we're up uh, on our first break here, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, no trivia corner today. So we're just going to go into the break, and first ad today is for The Locker Room. This episode is brought to you by The Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You can find fans just like yourself there for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big rumors or news. You can find Locked On hosts there as well. I'll be joining fairly soon once it's uh, available for Android, and I will let you know when the Locked On Mariners room is live. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter if you've got one, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. I'm sure you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around the league. Go bother Jason Burke in the Locked On A's room. He's a good guy, and he is one of the regular Locked On users of the Locker Room. Jason Hernandez as well from Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm looking forward to joining, and again, I'll let you know when the Locked On Mariners room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we look at sports. And also Rock Auto, which is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your daily driver or classic, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specs, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliable low in the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
I'll give you a minute to think about it. No, I won't. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Right locked on on there. How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices. Why am I trying to set a land speed record? All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Now, back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, J.M. We're back here with uh, John Miller, Locked On Mariners contributor John Miller, talking about minor league baseball. And when we left off, we were noting the differences between low A and high A in the different, the various levels of minor league ball. I've been to an Aqua Sox game, actually several Aqua Sox games, when they were a low A team. I don't really remember too awfully much. I had other things on my mind at the time. But... Again, the difference between low A and high A was 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 to me was actually kind of staggering. And you've been at least near a triple A city, you know, pretty much all of your life. And uh, if you could kind of expand on what we had been talking about, I would appreciate it. One of the the big differences mm-hmm. between the going to a triple A game and watching those players, and then watching the A ball, yeah, is just the talent quality, the A ball, they're still maturing at the AAA ballpark. I had the luxury of watching major league players who were kind of on their way out. Yeah. Or you happen to catch Kazuhiro Sasaki on a rehab assignment. <laughs> yeah. King Griffey Jr. on a rehab assignment. Or you can say that I saw insert player here. I saw Alex Rodriguez as a minor leaguer, stuff like that. I went into this shop and I bought their team set. And and the difference with that is they're so close to the major league level and they will maybe even spend some time at the major league level. DC and I could go back and forth, fill a whole episode talking about some (laughs) of those guys that spent a cup of coffee at the major league level, and that's all they really did. Yeah, Bucky Jacobson strings to mind. Bucky I, don't know, Jacobson. I don't know why. <laughs> or uh, you could go with Archimedes Pozo. Right, yes. Oh, I forgot about him. He or was traded because, to the Red Sox for someone. I have to look that up, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Or... And just to break in here a second, John, Archimedes Poza was traded to the Red Sox on July 23rd, 1996 for Jeff Manto. Remember Jeff Manto? Oh, I do remember Jeff Manto. And I remember the circumstances. Russ Davis had shattered his ankle in uh, Kansas City, and the Mariners had needed a replacement third baseman. They tried Doug Strange, who was kind of an okay as a fill-in, but he was definitely more suited to be a utility player, fill-in all over the infield. So the Mariners acquired Jeff Manto to try to take over third base, hit like 185, acquired Dave Hollins, you know, about a month later, and then Manto was DFA'd, and then traded back to the Red Sox. So Manto spent two stints with the Red Sox in one season. That's pretty unusual. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> but the, yeah, during that period, the M's had so much relative trouble at third base. We were never happy with whoever we brought in. Yeah. Although Dave Hollins did well, I, I must say. Yeah. And for a while there, third base was almost bordering left field 
with because you, you could look up how many left fielders we had during the Griffey era. A lot. I and know it was over he, 50. I know it was over 50 men who at one point played left field next to Ken Griffey Jr., including pitchers Jeff Nelson and Randy Johnson. <laughs> and that's not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. The 50th, I remember this, the 50th player to play left field next to Ken Griffey Jr. was in 1997. It was another Renta player. It was it was Roberto Kelly. Remember Roberto Kelly? Traded for Joe Mays. I remember Roberto Kelly, yeah. He did actually pretty well for the Mariners in that cup of coffee, and then they don't retain him, and they signed Glenn Allen Hill to, to play left field for 1998. Hit the daylights out of the ball as a Mariner, but my goodness, his fielding numbers... Were, he was a terrible fielder. Remember Domingo Santana from a couple of years ago? Yes, sir. Yeah. He was actually worse defensively than Glenn Allen Hill, and I thought Glenn Allen Hill was the gold standard for poor corner outfield defense, but it might be Domingo Santana now. I think it's pretty well safe to say that. And yeah, Glenn Allen Hill is another one of those more or less infamous in first time in Seattle. Yeah, I, I I would say so, although I did like him when he was... Here's the thing, when we did sign him, we did, I, I say we like I have anything to do with the Mariners. I don't, especially since I was only 13 at the time. But when the Mariners signed him, I was kind of wondering what they were going to do, because even then, I kind of figured, well, he's a DH type, and the Mariners have Edgar Martinez, so what are they going to do with Hill? They stick him in left field, he doesn't do very well, and he's gone by the All-Star break. And I forget who the Mariners... Ah, I remember who the Mariners used in left field for the rest of the season. This kind of goes back to talking about the Tacoma Rainiers. And I will bring that up in a bit. But first of all, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question or a comment that you would like addressed on the show, send it to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I will address it on the show. Questions and comments on anything at all are welcome and encouraged. Uh, LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, once again, is that address. Coming up, more stuff with John Miller. Yeah, that's it. Now this from Sports Trade. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. Sports Trade takes fantasy sports to the next level. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. A fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added the baseball platform, so check it out today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher their value. Two, old-fashioned supply and demand. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. It's simple economics. When you're ready to buy and sell shares, pick as pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always been a solid performer, although I would not recommend Albert Pujols at this time. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and watch your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new way, world, pardon me, of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports, and you'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com and kind of in the same vein, bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet 
bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Also, the PBA playoffs resume Sunday, I believe. We're down to the quarterfinals. Very, very exciting. And, of course, the Women's World Curling Champions, or the Women's World Curling Championships, pardon me, still no broadcast coverage because of that COVID outbreak amongst the broadcasters, but the tournament is still ongoing, and the United States is actually doing pretty well. I don't know if they're going to qualify for the playoffs or not, but they are holding their own. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Yes, I got through the initials. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get in to the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs in May. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. So are you going to leave that part in? Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, D.C. Lundberg. <laughs> I got through it today, so yes, that celebration is remaining in the show. And speaking of the show, we are back on Locked On Mariners. Actually, we never went away. John Miller is with us. We were talking about left field in 1998 and who took over left field after the All-Star break after Glenn Allen Hill had been traded to the Cubs. And it goes back to the discussion about the Tacoma Rainiers, John. I'm going to give you a guess as to who it was, and then if you don't remember, I will tell you, and I think you might remember this player as of right near, but I'm not sure. Do you remember who took over left field in 1998? It was a young kid. I know I'm going to remember them once you say the name, but I don't remember right off the top of my head. It was Shane Monahan. Oh, my goodness, yes, I remember. I, I figured you would, but like you said, <sighs> left field was such a revolving door that, you know, it, it could have been him, it could have been any number of people. But, yeah, it was Shane Monahan, and I remember when he came up that he was he struck out a lot, so he'd fit it in today's game real well. But he also had a decent batting eye. But for, for whatever reason, he didn't stick at the major league level, and I'm really not sure why that is, because when he came up, he was a pretty good hitter, if I recall. Uh, do you have any memories of Shane Monahan from the Rainiers, John? I remember as a kid just watching these guys in Tacoma, thinking they were so fun to watch, excuse me, not caring as much about the stats, and then looking at the stats later going after – complaining why didn't they make it in Seattle whether it was Shane Monahan or some of you may remember Jim Benici Mm -hmm. or Greg Perkle or guys like that it's like okay they spent some time in Seattle and all I remember is I watched them at the ballpark and they were fun to watch and they were good with the Rainiers so why couldn't they make it in Seattle there there's a huge difference between uh, the you know AAA in the major leagues, which I'm sure everybody knows. And I'm pulling up Shane Monahan's stats now. And in 62 games in 1998, he hit 242. That's not terrible for a 23 year old rookie. He only had an on base percentage of 269. However, he walked only eight times in 223 plate appearances. That's almost Unieski Bentoncourt levels of bad. 
with a Ooh. slugging <laughs> with a slugging average of 346 and in 211 at bats he struck out 53 times a 25% strikeout rate then was enormous just like a it's kind of like a 35% strikeout rate today 25% today is almost pedestrian but in 1998 it was you know off the charts uh, bad and I think that's why he didn't stick around. I remember him being a good hitter, but maybe he started to get a little overexcited at the plate and started to try to do too much and started swinging at bad pitches. That might be what happened. And now, and Greg Perkle, you also mentioned him. I don't think Jim Bonici ever played a major league baseball game, but in Perkle's case, he had a career average of 224 and a career on base of 242. He walked only twice. In 120 plate appearances, I think that's the difference between Triple A John and the major leagues. Because Perkle had some power with that 224 average, he slugged 466. That's very good relative slugging to batting average. But he's another guy who probably wasn't as selective as he needed to be. And in Triple A, pitchers don't have the command of their pitches like they do in the major league levels so players who aren't as selective can kind of get away with you know hitting more mistakes you know and things of that nature and Perkle was also uh, traded to the Red Sox in 1996 actually he was waived he was a waiver claim by the Red Sox August 1st 1996 and got into two games at the big league level with them that year and later converted to pitching wow I did not know that I think, um, well, let's see how, uh, this is, and this is uh, research on the fly, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes, in 1996, he pitched two games for the Tacoma Rainiers. And then in 1998 and 1999, he appeared in 46 games in the Cleveland chain as a pitcher at 27 and 28 years old at both um, uh, single A and advanced A. So he didn't get uh, too far in uh, 1998 in six games. He had an ERA of 7.11. But in 1998, in 40 games split between A and advanced A, he had a 3.38. No, he had a 3.04 earned run average. Pardon me. 40 games, and he pitched in 53 in the third innings. And he actually didn't walk very many hitters. 2.2 walks per nine innings in 1998. But then in 1999, at the advanced A level, he started walking a lot more hitters, and he started giving up a, a lot more hits. His hit ratio per nine innings more than doubled. Let's see how Jim Bonici did. Uh, yeah, he never made uh, the major leagues, but he spent uh, two years at uh, AAA Tacoma. 1996, where he played 139 games, he slashed 292, 367, 499. 26 home runs and 25 doubles in 497 at-bats for the Rainiers that year. Struck out 100 times, which is on the high side, even for AAA at that time, but took a decent number took a decent number of walks. He was, what, a first baseman? I believe so, yes. First baseman. He began his career as a catcher, it looks like, and then moved to first base. And in 1996, the uh, Mariners would have had uh, Paul Sorrento and Bonici, a right-handed hitter, maybe they could have, might have wanted to think about platooning him with Sorrento, who couldn't hit left-handed pitching, but they began the season with Ricky Jordan. 
he gets injured and is out until September. And instead of bringing up Bonici, they signed Brian R. Hunter as a free agent, and he actually put together a very good season for the Mariners. Bonici later played for the Oryx Blue Wave in 1997 and 1998, which means he was a teammate of Ichiro's. So there's some trivia for you, ladies and gentlemen, although he only played in a dozen games in those two years. And then he played one more season of triple-A ball in the Tigers system for the Toledo Mudhens in 1999, appearing in 22 games, but he only hit 224. He was 27 by that point, and when you get to be 27 and you're hitting 224 in AAA, teams are not going to give you another chance. So he, he looks like he kind of fizzled out a little bit, so to speak. And I'm wondering if it was because of an injury, because his minor league numbers up through 1996 are very, very good, but in 1997 he only appeared in one game. So I am wondering if it was some sort of injury that did him in, and I don't know if there's any way to find that out. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have a clue where to look. No, I wouldn't either, but you know what? It, it, it makes too much sense. It makes too much sense because he hit at every level he was, and then all of a sudden, nothing. And usually that is some sort of usually that is some sort of injury. I want to wrap up on one note, John. We um just we're just about past time, but I want to wrap up on one note, and it kind of goes back to seeing major league players before they were major league players. And uh, Albert Pujols was designated for assignment today by the Los Angeles Angels, and. You know, his Angels career is over, and I don't know what team is going to want to take a flyer on him, considering his declining skill set. But I remember him playing a couple of exhibition games prior to the 2001 season when the Cardinals were playing the Seattle Mariners in Safeco Field, which was technically still part of the spring training schedule. So he was still, he had, it was announced that he was going to be on the Major League roster. Nobody knew how great he was going to be. But he was wearing number 68, you know, for number 68 rather than his customary number 5. So, you know, I can technically say that I saw Albert Pujols before he was a major league player. And that is something, John, that I will never forget. Is there any any other general thoughts that you would like to share uh, before we close for the day? No, I would like to thank you very much for having me on. And I will say you're welcome. It is always a pleasure to have you on and... Uh, where might people find you and I'm glad we're wrapping up because I'm running out of syllables but where could people find you on the socials if they are so inclined sir I can be found on the socials on twitter at seattlepilot69 excellent we'll have you on again throughout the course of the season always great having you on it's always nice to hear your minor league stories as well tomorrow on uh, Locked on Mariners I'm not entirely certain we are having a show tomorrow I hope to and uh, if we do, I will be joined by Fred Mertz, McGruff the Crime Dog, and a 2 terabyte solid-state portable hard drive. Please remember to download, rate, and follow Locked on Mariners. Look for us in any podcasting app that you can happen to think of. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. Thank you again for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back either tomorrow or Monday. I'm really hoping tomorrow... Either way, join us next time and have a great rest of your Thursday. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.